If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. Please welcome the Red, red Hot Chili Peppers on Cowbell tonight, Mr. Chad Smith. And he's never heard this song before. So Chad, that's how it goes. And, uh, and, and th- this song, you may never have heard it either. We've barely ever played it. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and we're moving on into the month of june and we got more shows great shows we are past the deep we've done our deep episodes we've done our deep fulfillment if you haven't listened to those go back into our archives we did stuff from last week 2008 2013 we did spokane we did leeds 2014 but We're not here to talk about the past. We're here to talk about what's going on right now. Actually, no, we are here to talk about the past. That's literally the only thing we do is talk about the past. Today, we were talking about a show that didn't happen too much further in the past, but 2018, it feels so long ago. It's the last time we were really able to get shows and just feel the power that is live music. And, and, uh, if, if that's not enough to motivate you to try to get to the tour, the next time the tour goes around or try to get to Ohana or see here now, I don't know what's going to, but maybe that's the goal for today. Let's get this started. Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. And joining us today is, this is a Patreon requested episode. So joining us today is our patron Dukes Wooders to do this Dukes. Hey, welcome, good, welcome. Good, oh, boa noete, bom dia. <laughs> You're gonna have to be our translator today because there is a lot of Portuguese, and like Ed says, his Portuguese is shit. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can translate some of that and uh, and make something of it. Yeah, it's amazing. They've been down. They've been going down to South America for a while now, and they haven't really improved on their <laughs> on their Portuguese. And I I don't really know that much Portuguese either. But uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about the show with you guys today. 
Absolutely. So really the best place to start since this is uh, obviously, you know, Dukes is speaking perfect English. He's he's from America. And this is a Rio de Janeiro Brazilian show that we're doing today. So this means he trekked a long way just to be at this show. So first of all, where did the idea of this come from? How did it all come to fruition? And uh, what was it like just traveling just to get there so you know first off just very very grateful to be in the situation to be able to travel to to brazil from america and uh we were my girlfriend and now wife it worked out for us uh mackenzie she is a world traveler and we were it was i think like a saturday and we were waking up and, she, and she's like oh you know uh, she was showing me a picture of these beautiful waterfalls. And I'm like, where's that? She goes, Brazil. I'm like, oh, man. She goes, I go, uh, Pearl Jam is is playing down there. But, you know, I don't know. If... And she goes, why don't we go? Why don't we go? We can go have an amazing time. I've never been to South America. You love this band. Let's go. And so that was that. We looked at our, at our miles. We used miles and uh, airline miles. And it was funny because at that time we weren't, uh, you know, we weren't married. We still had separate. So we actually took two separate flights down there because she was an Alaska girl and I'm a Delta guy. Wow. And so we ended up having to meet in the middle of like Rio's airport, which was kind of crazy where everyone's kind of trying to, they see the Americans coming off the flight. They're all trying to get you to like, oh, please cut, you know, come here. We'll, I'll give you a ride. And so we, <laughs> Ended up spending 12 extraordinary days down there. And, you know, everyone listening to this podcast, you two, we love this band. But that that country, just put it on your bucket list because it's just so freaking beautiful. There's so much to do there. And the concert wasn't even like a top three highlight because of the amazing uh, experiences that we got to we got to do down there and the amazing people that we got to meet along the way. So that came to fruition pretty quickly of just the, the friendliness. The thing about Pearl Jam community in 2018, I think you guys were just starting out, figuring it out. I don't know if you guys at, were. At that point uh, where when the Rio show happened, we were a fantasy league. <laughs> that was it. That's all we were. So, so at that point, you know, I really relied before and I can plug Patreon too. Uh, you know, I really relied on the big 10 club message boards. And I reached out and asked people on the message boards, anyone going to Rio? And there was a big group. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming down. I'm coming down from America. And we all planned to meet up at a bar, which, you know, I don't think a lot of people actually do. Uh, I don't know what Stones fans do. I know Springsteen fans do that. So we were all looking to go. And the ringleader was like this one guy from San Diego. And we went to the bar to meet him. And we go back on to our messages. I think at that point we were shooting emails back from each other and he goes, you won't believe this. I didn't realize that you needed a visa to get into Brazil. Oh my God. They turned me around at the airport. Oh no. So everyone, you need a visa to go to Brazil. It's very easy. It takes (laughs) 10 minutes online. It's 20 bucks. The concert was in the second week we were there and the First weekend we were there, we flew to Iguazu Falls, which is on the other side of the country, which is uh, on a uh, the border of uh, Paraguay, Argentina, and Brazil. And so we actually walked across the border to go to the 
Argentinian side of the falls first, which was really kind of fun and cool just to walk across an international border like that. Iguazu Falls is amazing. And, but, and another thing to put on your bucket list. Uh, but when, when we landed back in Rio, we ended up taking a shuttle bus back into town. And when we were waiting for it, a guy walked by with a stick man tattoo on his leg. And so I stopped him and was like, yo, are you in, in did you just fly in for the concert? And his name was Mauro and he was there with his girl, Luciana. And they had just flown from Buenos Aires and Randy and John, you know what happened at Buenos Aires? Un- unfortunately, yes. Yeah, it gets brought up at this show. Uh, Lollapalooza was supposed to happen there and it got poured out. Yeah, Matt Cameron, he posted a picture on Instagram of the stage being blown away. Wow. And that was another one where we we're like, do we go to Argentina or like early on in the planning? Because we've obviously heard that the Argentinian crowds just are just as good as the Brazilian crowds. Again, we all know if you can do it, we should all be at that next Buenos Aires show because, you know, it's just going to be. Deep cuts and be incredible. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you said you, you you met you met a friend and you still communicate with that friend and and that's incredible. But like being around the local people down there and getting to see kind of how they take in Pearl Jam culture and they take in Pearl Jam community does and and seeing that it's not like an East coast show where New York, every couple of years, New York will get a show and it's kind of, it's kind of routine. It's not as routine for them. How did they take this in? Was it, was it a huge celebration for them? Did it feel like a massive gathering where everybody was excited to, to, to be at the show? Cause it, it had been a long time. It had been three, three years since they had been back. Yeah. So the anticipation for the show is super high. Having talking to Mauro, he had been to some epic shows and talk about someone who, uh, you know, I told him about this podcast. Maybe he'll become a patron. And you can get him on to do the Curitiba show. Hey, would love it. He was he was talking so highly about Cur- the Curitiba show 2015. He's like, you got to get down to Curitiba next time they do Curitiba because it's a smaller place than where we're going to talk about tonight. But overall, there was so much going on in Rio, Rio so big that it wasn't until the day of the show when we took the train, which is an awesome, they have a beautiful subway station, a subway system in uh, Rio. And we took the train there and it wasn't until then where you around Maracana stadium, where it was just crazy. These people were just getting so amped up to go into the show and just, you know, sing their lungs out. Talk about, um, what it was like walking into that stadium for the first time. That's a historical place. I mean, I, I think at one point it held 200,000 people for a soccer game back, you know, in the, the middle of the, the 1900s. So what was it like kind of being in Rio and then all of a sudden you're on this like monolith of a, of a stadium? It's kind of like walking into any of those, you know, those cathedrals, whether it's the old Yankee Stadium, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, Wrigley Field, where you just kind of have chills specifically when you're walking onto the ground, when you're on the floor and you're just, you just feel that energy and the opening band was coming up. And we previously, we had gone to a local, just like a local street where people were just drinking Heineken's in the middle of the street. And it was just kind of a street party before the show. And cause it's kind of a neighborhood like those old um, baseball stadiums in America. So being able to just walk in 
and just everything just opens up and it's just these thousands and thousands of people just anticipating just an explosion. <laughs> so really, really awesome. But this show wasn't sold out, right? Yeah. So just to give a little bit of background on what was going on, the Brazilian Hao, uh, which is their currency, it was crashing at the time. There's a l- just a lot of corruption that's that has been occurring for for decades. Uh, there's obviously a, a very big mistrust with the police and specifically with the favelas. Uh, and there's a lot of violence in certain areas of Rio. They've had a rough time with COVID too last year with the president and everything. They're in bad shape still. Very bad shape. And uh, four days before this show, Marielle Franco, who was she was a real councilwoman. She was a black woman who was on the very large council, was very into speaking her mind, open human rights for all. And she was murdered by the police a week oh. before the show. Oh, my. And so we we flew in and all of a sudden we're walking in there uh, to one of our tours during the day. And it, it was in, and there was these big protests because she had been murdered like two days before. And so then on top of that, a month later, the front runner for the presidency from the Workers' Party, Lula da Silva, he got caught up in this whole uh, Operation Car Wash, which if you read The Intercept or something, you can get a whole deep dive into that. And it turned out that the judge and the lead prosecutor were in cahoots to put him away and allowed Bolsonaro and his nationalism campaign to to rise and win the election in October of 2018. Ugh. So Brazil has been dealing with this, you know, another fake tough guy um, and who's been like, oh, we need a man up when it comes to COVID. And you know, that's a whole nother podcast. So, um, <laughs> so the crowd was there on the ground, but there was a lot of empty seats uh, around the stadium that was, was noticeable. Uh, however, there could have been a thousand people there and the Brazilians could knock out a couple different places in Brazil or in America. Right. Yeah. I mean, just, just hearing them, just hearing them on the bootleg. I I don't need to convince anybody you'll hear in just a second, but just hearing them and hearing the passion that pours out of them. It's, uh, you know, and I'm going to put this just for South America in general and not put one over the other, put Brazil over Argentina or Chile. Uh, It's, it's far and beyond anything that we can comprehend here seeing shows in America. Before we get into talking about the set list a little bit, uh, obviously we're doing a Brazilian show. So we have friends in Brazil, the band Black Circle. You guys know who they are. We've talked to them on the show before. They're good friends of ours. And we wanted to reach out to them because the last time they were on this show, they talked a little bit about this and they talked about a specific thing that you'll, you'll hear in just a second that made this show pretty special for them. So Right here, what I did, a couple guys in the band, Lenny, Louise, Sergio, and Nick, and they're all going to kind of talk about their experience. I'll put it in a little bit of a montage, and you'll kind of hear what their experience was at this Rio show. So let's hear from the boys from Black Circle. That was a special day in uh, 2018. That day was awesome, unforgettable. I remember feeling super tired because we... We get out of the house really early so we could save cool spots close to the stage. 
the day before the show, we did a pre-party uh, with people uh, from all around the world, Project fans that gathered together. So we did a little pre-show concert with Black Circle. Sergio and I stayed outside the hotel where Pearl Jam was staying and, uh, you know, in hopes to get an autograph or a picture or something. I got my first encounter with Mike McGrady and I got a picture with him. Luckily, I got Stone Gossard's autograph on my singles soundtrack. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> For me, it's, it's unforgettable. My wife, she was pregnant of our first child. It's a, it's a fun thing because we met on a Black Circle concert and that's why uh, I believe we were bonded because of Pearl Jam. We were full of joy because of uh, her pregnancy. There was a, a funny, funny night with lots of friends and, and lots of people. We had this campaign that we started online uh, called Let Lenny Sing. We wanted to try to get me on stage and maybe sing a song with Eddie. It seemed like a great idea and it still seems like it, but looking back now, I think we were we were too much, you know? Even though we had signs, uh, we got some people involved uh, in showing the signs during the show and scream, let Lenny sing. We were basically waiting for every silence in between songs to, to start singing. Eddie got a little angry because I'm sure he didn't know what we were saying but he kind of growled like <laughs> Eddie seemed a little pissed after a while <laughs> sorry Eddie but um, somehow it worked out besides all the Lenny sing stuff we were screaming a lot on, at the first row we felt like our baby was also screaming and asking Eddie to let Lenny sing at the day didn't get to go on stage, but you know, it was it was really, really fun. Little did we know that one day that same guy, that same Eddie would be wearing uh, our band's shirt. So I guess it, it turned out okay. The mood to share uh, that uh, night and that music, that culture uh, with other friends and even unknown people because the mood was great. A very good day for us uh, as fans as and as friends. That day was unforgettable certainly special and certainly unforgettable. For me, it was unforgettable and incredible at the same time. As you heard there, obviously the Let Lenny Sing chants were were present here, and yes, you could hear them on the bootleg. I was listening for them. I don't know if anybody else was, but they were pretty prominent in the spots where they were prominent. So when we get that to that in the set, we'll bring it up because obviously that growl that that Ed had, uh, we have to go back. We have to go back and and uh, and make sure that that was that was prominent there. So thank you to those guys again. They're great. If you don't follow Black Circle, if you aren't following them on Spotify or on their Facebook pages, aren't watching their live streams, what are you doing? They've been fantastic. They're a great original band. I call them an original band because that's a respect to how great they actually are. Uh, but yes, they, they did 
start as a Pearl Jam tribute band, and they're just continuing to grow and grow and grow. And uh, that story of Let Lenny Sing, um, I would have to predict that maybe it could happen someday. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to be the guy that, that, that ruins it. But I think that maybe one day, since there's a relationship there and there's a good relationship. I think maybe they'll get to sing together someday in Brazil someday, hopefully soon in the future. All right, let the show begin. How we begin in the show. We're starting off with well, what a lot of people would say is the greatest opening track in Pearl Jam history release. they get on stage and getting into release feels like right away people are just whoa we're in for a ride this is special this is something the whole entire song it feels like they're screaming singing at the top of their lungs it's a it's a a really powerful way to start i don't want to compare to other releases but in this release how different is that then or just seeing everybody around you and getting the first glimpse of this crowd how different is that than any other show you've been to well it it was pretty incredible just to be around and it it definitely was up there uh from an uh, not i can't say from an emotional standpoint but just as like uh that everyone was singing in unison it kind of brought me back because having gone to Wrigley 2016 as the last two shows that I'd been on and then the last time I had heard release was for our friend John or Dr. John right and so mm-hmm. uh this was just another you know they they start off kind of the same way that they did Wrigley so I was like oh man this could be we could be in for a really really fun night yeah you said you know release is one of the great openers but I think these two, this front two together, might be the best one-two punch to to open up a show. I think it, I don't think it gets any better than this. And with low light, usually the the strategy with low light is to play it as the sun's going down. Was the was was that happening at the time? Was it already down or? Uh, no, it was pitch black at that point. Um, and if you hear in the beginning, Jeff kind of jumps EV in the, in the backup to start the. To start I did. It. I did notice that. Yeah. Again, just an just an awesome one-two punch, or one-two-three-four. 
Uno Deus Threes, Quattro Deus Threes, I guess that's how you how you would say it. Uh, release low-light elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. That's a very good opening three. And after low-light, which is, you know, just kind of rides, rides that wave of momentum from release, kind of more passionate, elderly woman kind of, it gets you kind of loose a little bit, and it's more of a lovable sing-along. And it really feels like the crowd did come to sing. And the one thing that's a constant theme throughout this whole entire show that in other Brazilian shows and South American shows that we've done, we've talked about how the guitar harmonies, the guitar melodies are what they're singing throughout songs like Evenflow, throughout obviously Do the Evolution is the one. This show, they are singing every lyric to every song and that feels incredible. Yeah, yeah, and the callback hello at the 225 mark of elderly was it's just spine tingling because then you're like we're in it we're in it this is it this is what we this is why we came down here this is going to be some night some energy after that for sure i thought that go was one of the highlights of the night just it it felt like okay everybody's ready the band was loose the crowd was loose and then once they hit that it it felt like everything went unglued and there aren't a lot of professional videos of this but you can kind of see some where the floor bounces where it just bounces up and down and it looked incredible so we were right behind a a pole or, or just a, a gate structure, a metal fence. And at the beginning of Go, I told my girlfriend Mackenzie, I said, hold on to this. This could get a bit crazy. And all around us was just, it's just mayhem. It's total mayhem. Wow. So you were on the floor? How close did you get? So they had two different GAs. They had the GA all the way up in the front. We didn't get those tickets. We got the ones in the general section. So we were probably right at the um, right at center court, sort of speak. Cool. But yeah, like it seems like some nights before the show, like they must put Mike in like a a two by two cage with like guitars around him outside the cage. He can just look at and just salivate. And then, like, right before the show, they just, like, let him out and let him go. Because, yeah, Go is one where he just sounds unleashed, like he was shot out of a cannon. Again, like I think this is one of the highlights of the show because it seems like it makes everybody feel 
Like, there, it's it's alive. That maybe release made it feel like you were there, but Go makes it feel like you're alive. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting that All Night and Animal kind of follows Go, that All Night isn't one of those big sing-along songs, and you're separating the, the Go and Animal combo, which is very interesting. Is I that, had a question for you guys on that, too. Yeah, it doesn't usually happen. So what, what yeah, what, what's your question on it? I specifically said that because when when re-listening to this, uh, you know, it's complete a little bit different experience this past week, and I thought, you know, I gotta ask John and Randy, do you think that this was a change-up? Because Eddie saw people getting a little out of control all the way up in the front, maybe, and he said, huh. you know what, maybe we can't do go into Animal. Whole night's pretty much it's a rocker as well. I mean, it would have been definitely if they had done like Nothing Man or something, or you know. It's on the set list, and the way that I can see it is that, yeah, you know, maybe they just want to kind of spread the wealth with some of these, because you look at it, go all night animal, you have all out, honed back a little bit, maybe the crowd doesn't know it as well, and then animal all out, given a fly in hiding Jeremy, a little bit of the same, even though in hiding does get a little bit crazy, but it's the same kind of uh, mentality there, and it happens a little bit, you know, you have other songs in here that aren't necessary like can't deny me will come up later or isn't necessarily a, a crowd pleaser they don't know it as well yet but um i i think maybe it's just kind of like a, a way to balance the set list early this is a very fan friendly casual fan friendly show a lot of hits you you don't get a lot of deep cuts here and all night is probably the rarest song on the night yeah, and, and look, I think if, if Rio forced their hand, I think they would have made them play the whole Versus record. So uh, Animal, to follow, like, kind of end this little section, sounds great. Again, handing the crowd the, the mic and letting them sing, that's the best that you could do for this crowd. And they're singing in English, they're responding, it's, it's pretty perfect. So after addressing the crowd, given a fly, in hiding, Jeremy, two yield songs followed by a massive, massive hit. And uh, I, I happen to love South American versions of Given a Fly. I, like the crowd is just booms with those, oh, those feel like, as much soccer chance out of any of these songs at the show. Oh my gosh, Given to Fly. Sometimes you're like, oh yeah, Given to Fly. Re-listening to this song, it was almost better than being there, just listening to it in my in my headset because I had like a, just a much more deeper appreciation for this song at this show. They're so good at that, like these moments in these songs when it just, like, you know, sometimes I talk about, you know, the surge that you get when, like, they push it a little bit. And Given to Fly has almost like a lift where, like, it hits that point in the song. And if, if everything's right, then the song's just going to start just flying. And no pun intended. And this is one of those where, yeah, it, it goes to another level. Very, very good. I agree. Yeah, and then you followed up with In Hiding, and I remember we did a show, I believe it was the Buenos Aires show, where, again, In Hiding is kind of in a spot where you feel like it's a breather, but then Ed starts doing the, whoa, whoa, and the crowd seems to be responding to that, and that kind of, that heightens In Hiding a little bit, because sometimes you, you kind of think, all right, maybe it's, it's it's a deep cut off yield. It's not like something from 10, you know, you're going to get a 10 deep cut in a little bit, but it 
felt like everybody was responding to this. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was almost a little surprised just because it's not the most popular song and looking, reflecting on this set list, it's very greatest hits heavy. And so for this song to resonate with everyone, it was, it, it was definitely a good one to be on. Yeah, it feels like we haven't covered this song in forever. I mean, this would be, you know, if we could do a little mini song appreciation here, I think In Hiding would be the one. Like, this sounds amazing. You know, Ed's, Ed's just killing it on this. And, yeah, like I said, the, the crowd seems to know it. Like, it's... And this is one, I think, when they come back to that's going to be a little more prominent because of the, the theme of message and everything. So, there's I think... There's cheek. Yeah, I think this... Uh, this is this is one of the best performances for me and it it came like i said it comes as a kind of surprise like you're you're you've got animal giving a fly and you're they're kind of at this mid you know midpoint in the set almost where you expect like oh this is going to be the mccready section like we're going to get some hits and then they hit you within hiding and it's it just knocked me on my ass yeah this is this is one of the highlights imagine if in hiding isn't there and you have the the next four songs in a row i mean talk about the place going absolute apeshit Jeremy Corduroy even flow you're right like that is a huge section for them and you have to kind of break that up by just addressing the crowd too and and Jeremy of course that's that's going to be one it felt like the crowd progressively got louder after every big song like Jer- given a fly they're louder than animal and Jeremy they're louder than given a fly and then even flow they're louder than corduroy so it continues to build and build and build and it's it's uh what a what a treat that must have been, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember being a, a little bit back a, in the stadium and just seeing the lights blow up at the at the end of Jeremy with Jeff just going crazy and everything, and the crowd just in unison, perfect pitch. It was fantastic. Ed's not even on stage for most of Jeremy. He's like he's down in front. He's running around, just going crazy. And yet this seems just like. You know, it's almost you, you. You think of like you know Stone set list, almost like Stone kind of wrote this. Like, let's just do the hits and let's just let's just murder these people. Like, Jeremy Corduroy, even flow. Like, yeah, that that's that's, that's, gonna, that's absolutely that's gonna get people going. And it's easy to kind of like forget about Jeremy sometimes, but that's a huge moment. And especially with you know 50,000 people at the show, that's one that everybody knows and that they're gonna be loud for. And just a quite a way to lead in and then how often do you get corduroy and even flow back to back it's not often that it happens but especially in this situation with jeremy kind of as as the teaser before all that happens uh yeah i think that kind of makes that even though there's a break in between that kind of makes this section kind of stand out a little bit more. So there's another Ed addressing the crowd in Portuguese again and uh, mentions that obviously Jeremy written by Jeff and uh, the crowd gives Jeff love and says something else unsure of what it is, but it was pretty short and that gets you right into Corduroy. And um, what I love about this version of Corduroy and, and this wasn't one of the best versions I've ever heard. It's a little, a little on the sloppier side in in a way if if I'm critiquing it a little bit but however once they get into that mid section of the song and every everybody sings what they think is going to be the bridge uh that everything has changed and then they kind of continue to drag that out for longer and don't go into that call and response there's no like ed going back and forth there's no cheesiness in that that I like that's a version that makes sense to me. Short and tight. 
it's there to appease, but they didn't really dive in like we've heard so many times in this era with Corduroy. And, you know, it sound like a broken record, but another great solo by Mike at the end, just kind of doing something a little different, kind of letting loose a little bit. And, yeah, just really put a cap on a really nice version. Mike's got his bag of tricks out. And the same yeah. thing for Evenflow. Like, of course, the the Hendrix uh, scale is up to 100, and uh, Stone is, is keeping that little groove in the background. I feel like that's been kind of a theme that's been happening on Evenflows lately, that we're starting to, to notice Stone a little bit more. Uh, I don't know why it's taken 134 episodes to do that, but... Um, you live and learn. Uh, but what else are you going to expect? Like this crowd is going to go hard for even flowing. But honestly, if we're talking about murderers row and Jeremy hitting lead off to corduroys two and even flow in three spot, immortality is that unexpected cleanup hitter there. Cause, uh, boy, immortality. And I always say this about immortality outdoors, but oof, this is incredible to hear all three of these parts we always talk about the beginning how ed kind of comes in with the intro mike kind of slays it in the middle and really builds and this one has a great build to go back into the final chorus and then the end really worked i thought i thought this was a phenomenal version of immortality that you got on this night oh my god this version it was incredible matt cameron holy shit I mean, it, he just goes off in this song. And then again, looking at the set list, you're like, what in the fuck? Wait, immortality right now? This is great. This is crazy. Yeah. Again, like this, this murderer's row continues. And again, Mike just continued, like, just so many opportunities for him. Like, okay, I, I can just picture Ed writing the set list. Like, okay, Mike's going to take over that one. Mike's going to take over that one. Mike's going to take over that one. Like, He's just on fire on this. Wishlist right now, which before Wishlist, they give a nod to the Chili Peppers. He gives a nod to the song Behind the Sun. I don't know why. And and I remember this song. I don't know if it's off of uh, Mother's Milk or Uplift Mofo. But it's not Sugar Sex Magic. I know no, that. no, 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 no. It's an 80s Chili Pepper song. Because I specifically remember that this song had the same exact music video as like Higher Ground or something like that. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I know that Matt's probably listened to this, and he's saying that's that's exactly it, and he he knows what he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, huge Chili Peppers fan, so uh, you get some Olay chants in it, and uh, you know, wish list again. Like you're kind of you want to hone in the crowd a little bit. It's not 2000, it's not 2003, but again, you you've got to take a breath after that yeah. that row of songs you just had. So you need something a little bit mid tempo, a little just kind of lighter to kind of lighten the mood. Cause yeah, these people need a break. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I think that's, that's one that obviously they're still going to know. And, and Hey, look, you already get three yield songs at the show. That's not too shabby. You'll finish off with more than that too. Cause obviously you got four. One. Yeah. There's a big one to come in a little bit, but yeah. like we talked about before with black circle, we're going to play it right now, right before mind your manners. Here's the chant. Everybody listening at home, listen to the growl and uh, and no, just know that that's not how Ed feels about Lenny anymore. He he is in much more much admiration of of Lenny now. And uh, like I mentioned before, he probably will at some point get his chance to sing. Uh, Minor Manners, Lightning Bolt. You get the Lightning Bolt songs kind of back to back, and uh, I think Lightning Bolt dedicated to Buenos Aires uh, because of the show getting canceled due to rain. I believe that was a Lollapalooza, but it's interesting. Go back to the Chili peppers just a little bit it's interesting that they kind of followed them to rio because they were playing at Lollapalooza. i don't know if that Lollapalooza was in rio or somewhere else was it sao paulo it was in sao paulo yeah uh, okay two nights later uh and we can talk about that later if you want but oh my gosh sao paulo they should they showed up I find it great that that the Chili Peppers follow them there, and obviously we'll we'll get to the guys in in just a bit. But that that is kind of a cool little tie-in, especially going back to however many years history that they've had with the band. Uh, but Minor Matters, Lightning Bolt, but Garden is really the wow one. Garden's the one that you you're like, whoa, they're playing Garden in front of this crowd. I think we've talked a lot about how the song Deep seems to show up at south american shows and it kind of feels like because it's a 10 song and it's a deep cut off the record it feels like the crowd is getting something different and special a hundred percent and just going back real quick uh with mind your manners at this point the crowd can make any average song into something awesome and that's what you got with mind your manners just like oh yeah yeah i've heard this cool it's but a song we like, glance over i'm in brazil and then with lightning bolt i pretty much just had it as a set filler, but they did add at, at the end, uh, the great Brazil uh, and the outro so- solo by McCready was pretty notable as well. And then you get into, like you mentioned, Garden. I mean, this was definitely out of left field kind of like immortality where you're like, wait, there's just a little bit of ink. Whoa, this, this flow is crazy. Like, <laughs> wow, what are we doing here? And I love Garden. Garden's probably one of my top three songs off of 10. So to get this in in Brazil, and especially knowing the origin of it in Seattle, super, super cool. Yeah, thought it was great. Again, this is is a McCready-heavy set list. And like like you said on Lightning Bolt and and Garden, too, it's just keep throwing it to him. Another great performance. Another thing that that just makes the show really stand out. It gives the crowd something that they can just along with even flow along with corduroy jeremy the big stuff to be like whoa garden that makes us feel special that's that's their tribute to them 
So this is where we get a Chili Pepper coming in, and Ed introduces Chili Pepper drummer Chad Smith out to play the cowbell. He had never heard the song before, so they kind of play it real quick, and and Ed quips, well, there you go, that's how it goes, and I think this is song performance number three. This is number three. This is basically, what, a week or two after they release the song, so people aren't really familiar with it yet, and it just is kind of funny that they would bring Chad Smith out for a song that he had no idea what it was. Yeah, and he does a pretty good job, all things considered. I mean, it is cowbell. The most thing that we're considering is that it is an ode to his doppelganger, Will Ferrell. That's what I was going to say. That's very good. That's a very good call. Absolutely. And with everything that was going on with uh, in Brazil and America at the time, you know, it does encourage people that the people must become the leaders. Right. And, and you know, this is this is really interesting. My thought on Cantonaimi while I was listening to it, and it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and listened to the song. We haven't done, obviously, it can only be in one year, and we haven't done 2018 too much in the past year or so, so it hasn't been on my mind. But the, the one thing that I thought of the whole time was that this is like the gateway out of Lightning Bolt, where they're still kind of playing a Lightning Bolt-esque song. Yes. You can see the gigaton themes, lyrical-wise, throughout Cantonami. It's a little bit more uh, pop rock and, and a little corny, in my taste, but uh, you can you can see that they're starting to to develop and, and you know possibly becoming more matured, like a 7 o'clock or uh, a whoever said Never Destination one of those songs. Do you think that Cantonami and Bushleaguer are retired? I think Bushleaguer is. Unless they, unless there's like a 40th anniversary show where they really say fuck it. Yeah, pretty much. Cantonami, uh, I could see in a situation like going back to a place like Brazil or somewhere where a government is failing its people. I, yeah, I, I can see it coming back, but not, not often. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's it'd have to be a special occasion. So we were told this story when we did the Sao Paulo show. Uh, there's another Brazilian tribute band out there, I believe, before the 2015 shows. Their, their lead singer, his name is Sergio, had this beautiful Brazilian flag guitar made for Ed, and he busted it out for Porch here and uh, and made, makes mention to it. Very cool. And Porch's solo was just very interesting to me i i didn't really know what was going on but i was i was intrigued and kind of along for the ride of course porch is pretty much your your guaranteed set closer uh when it when it comes to to 2018 2016 kind of shows i wholeheartedly agree i it, that's exactly what i was gonna say is it's, it's a vintage 2010s porch kind of zeroes in on the five minute mark of just an all-out rock jam my question to you guys with porch with this performance and going forward is the is the ed in the crowd era over with covid and and porn that's an interesting call yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's not over over but i'm sure it will gradually get back to what it was i don't think he'll be able to help himself yeah right all right we're in the encore here it's time to pause for station identification talk to you a little bit about what's going on patreon and just kind of what's going on 
going forward. And um, this this week we were supposed to have a Zoom party as a thank you for the patrons. This is going to be pushed back. And the reason why it's going to be pushed back is because we're going to give you guys something bigger. And it's going to happen probably in August. Is And we're going to tie it in with another big event that's happening pretty soon. So we just we want this to go on and be kind of like what the Christmas party was. And we don't want to... Uh, cut any corners with it. We had uh, performances that unfortunately uh, from bands that were were dropped and we just wanted to make it perfect for you guys. So the way that we're going to make it perfect is we're planning from now until August to try and and do our best to make this one of the best parties that, that, that we've thrown. So really apologize to anybody that was looking forward to it, but it's a positive thing. We're just waiting it out. We're waiting positive, for... Positive, positive. <laughs> exactly. We're waiting for the moment to to really give you something special there. And you know what? We actually have some new patrons this week, so let's thank them. Uh, let's thank, for joining the bonus leg people, David Dooley. Thank you, David Dooley. I always feel like, I've never mentioned this before, I always feel like the bonus leg people are kind of like how Ed says, everybody in the back, how are you doing everybody in the back? Those are our bonus leg guys. Thank you to the <laughs> bonus leg people. They're, they're, that, Dukes, and Dukes, you're one of them, so... Thanks to you. You guys are the yep. backbone of what we do. And uh, two people joining the gig leg tier this week, Scott McQueen and Greg Burns Mickelson. So Scott, Greg, David, thank you. The three of you, Scott and Greg for joining the gig leg. Get in touch with us because you have an episode coming your way very at some point, very at some point, but <laughs> it is, it will be on the list. We promise that. And, uh, uh, especially to everybody else that has re- have requested episodes or getting to them at some point. John, you want to go over a little bit what they can get from Patreon if they join up today. Yeah, if you want to be like David and join the uh, the bonus leg and Dukes here, you can get access to all the bonus content that we do. I think we just put out a Devo episode last week where we talked about we kind of went off on the trilogies that we had talked about on last week's show. And we kind of came up with a, maybe a definitive list. We had a couple of people add in their own, which was fantastic. Thanks to all our patrons that, that commented on that. Yeah, um, the, the, the traffic light one was very good. Yes, I like that one. Yes, very good. Very good. Um, but yeah, for, for $1 a month, you get access to all the bonus content we do, uh, the, the set list drafts, the Bridge School episodes that we've done. We've done a couple of the 1991 shows, like the little short seven, eight song set lists. And yeah, everything that we do over there, it's it's a lot of fun. We're always kind of looking, talking about what we can throw up there for the patrons. If you if you want to support the show a little more, you can uh, join for $5 a month, like uh, Scott and Greg there. That's the, the Giga Leg tier. And for that, you'll get everything. You'll still get access to all the bonus content. Plus, you'll get the opportunity to suggest a show. Maybe there's one that you went to that you feel like is underappreciated or you there's a classic one that you feel like we've never talked about. That's a perfect opportunity. You can come on the show and, and talk about it with us. And then for the people that, that really want to support the show, we have the Horizon Leg for $10 a month. You can get everything from the $5 and $1 tier. Plus, you get uh, the chance to have your own profile episode. We'll talk to you about your fandom. We'll have you pick a song that meant that meant something to you, and we'll play it. Plus, you get an executive producer credit on the website that we're working on, and you know we, you know, we 
we just thank all our patrons, especially, you know, the, we've, we've kind of been on a, a kick of like, Hey, you know, now's a great time to join. Now's a great time to join. So thanks to, to David, Greg and Scott. And if anyone else is out there again, the summertime, you know, we're going to be hitting it hard. And then we've got shows to talk about now. We're going to be leading up to these shows in the fall. So we, we've got it. We're working on some special things. So yeah, if you, if you're interested in, in going in big for that, now's a good time. Absolutely. Can't say anything better. And Dukes, you're, you're the patron here. How are you in taking the con? Are you, you digging the content that we're doing over there? Yeah. I'm loving the polls right now. There's, there's so many heated comments right now with the yield, <laughs> with the yield evolution show. And people are like, it, it's fun. To, it's fun because everyone's kind of, we are a strange tribe and you know, I wouldn't want to, hang out like you know especially during covid times with anyone with anyone else really so <laughs> it so it's a it's it's a great community and as i mentioned at the top of the shows that you know i'm really looking forward to meeting everyone in person uh if they're going to shows uh when things get revved back up and it's going to be a lot of fun just to be able to be at a, be at a bar before the show and be be around live on four legs patron people versus just you know the kind of get gets a little overwhelming when you hit up the ten club uh, yeah. message board and everyone's kind of like yeah I'm there yeah I'm there so yeah, yeah. I I think that the idea of live on four legs was built off of finding circles of people to meet up and uh, and gather at the shows. And unfortunately, we've only gotten to do that once. And thankfully, we met so many great people that we still talk to uh, to this day. Uh, but that was that was always the goal was to make this a show that interacted with people at the live shows. And we haven't had a chance to do that yet. Uh, what I will say is that for See Here Now, keep keep your eyes peeled because big things are going to happen. There's going to be stuff. There's going to be live streams going on. There might be post-show content. There might be pre-show content. Uh, just hang on to your hats because uh, we're we're hope, hoping to work on something uh, pretty big there. So, all right, let's uh, let's get back to the rock into the encore now. This is only a one encore show. Try to jam it all in. I believe the set is like two hours and 40 minutes or so. And I would say about 20 of those 40 minutes happen to be just black. But that's a story for later in, in the set. There is another Let Lenny Sing chant that happens before this. They were going all night, but Ed doesn't hiss at them. He doesn't growl at them this time, so good on him. But Ed mentions that this is the first show he can remember in a long time where they haven't had to ask people to move back. People are taking care of each other. And that is a very, very interesting point because usually he's right. Every single show, there's at least one moment where he's like, all right, everybody, on the count of three, let's take one or two steps back. And he, he, especially for Brazil, that really gets packed down there. Did you notice that? Like, were people tr really treating each other well down there? Yes. Yes, there was definitely, there's not, no social distancing. But there was definitely not That's not a term. <laughs> there was definitely never a time, even after I told Mackenzie, like, hold on during go, where I felt like, things were getting a little too out of control. And that's great. That's that's the kind of crowd you want. That's the kind of control you want. And uh, if, if you can make it happen there, you can make it happen everywhere. So uh, to start off the encore, 
Yeah. Little, not, not what you would expect after a big murderer's row in the middle of the main set there, sleeping by myself, opens this up. Uh, into Inside Job, which, of course, Inside Job is a, is a much more profound song than Sleeping By Myself is. However, I don't know if Inside Job, and you can maybe correct me on this, but, like, were they, were they into this version of Inside Job? I want to say that after the Wrigley with, uh, with Steve Gleason, it feels like this song got an extra jolt and people were starting to attach themselves to it more. Did the Brazilian crowd have that jolt or did it just feel like kind of the intros before getting into your hits in, in this little main portion here? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we're used to with the first encores, we usually get, you know, the two to three acoustics and just to have one acoustic was, definitely something very surprising i i usually love the first encore because i'm always trying to get those deep lost dogs mm-hmm. in there um and so for us to go from sleeping by myself into inside job i was like oh okay and you're you're spot on randy they weren't really into this song but for me looking back this was the one song that i kind of re-listened to like three or four times this past week because it stands out so much the band was so tight for this, and Jeff's bass just sounds amazing. Yeah, it's it's weird too. You know, you talked about sleeping by myself. We didn't really mention it, but just like Wrigley, you got 13 straight songs from the 90s to open this show, if you count, you know, all night as a as a no code outtake, which you should. But yeah, only mind your manners, lightning bolt, and can't deny me from the 2000s, and then you start off this encore with with two more songs from the 2000s. I think that. That was kind of the reason that it kind of jolted like oh these seem kind of out of place but yeah inside job absolutely it's you know just like present tense you know put the put the up arrows next to it you know this is going to be this is one that's become emotional and uh, emotional connection for a lot of people and it's it's really special when you get it now yeah this this version especially mike gets to go off he really gets to show off in this and of course it's it's personal to him it's his one full writing credit that he has with the band lyrics and music and uh boy if you choose one to have and i'm i'm not counting turning mist i know that turning mist is in there but uh you know count count the album songs and count the songs they played live uh inside job is boy he picked a good one to write let's put it that way how powerful inside job is at wrigley field with yeah Gleason on the stage and you know that's everything that everyone will remember so this show being afterwards that's i i wear a no white flags steve gleason sweatband at some shows and i definitely was wearing that and holding holding tight to that during this song look i think it's a great way to kind of again like ease your crowd into the set and inside job kind of has that jolt in the middle where it kind of elevates a little bit and then once it's done it feels like kind of this uh, like euphoric moment where you just heard something special happen with McCready. All right, now we get into the hits. We get into Daughter. Do the Evolution. Here we go. Follow Daughter. Black is going to follow. Do the Evolution. This is another Murderer's Row right here. And uh, I, right, right off the bat, Daughter, you gotta love the original hi-hat hits on the intro there. How often does that come up? Not very really great build with the crowd too the uh, the crowd singing the rise above it and really coming to play uh coming into play during the call and response before they're even asked to do anything 
before really the song gets into the tag section. They're starting the whoa, oh, 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 oh. Oh, it was off. You know, listening, listening back to it, the callback into the tag was incredible. Yeah, this, this is a really fantastic version of Daughter, especially like you, you get that call and response, you get the hey-ho, let's go call and response, and we know South America's relationship with the Ramones is very prominent and uh, surprising that that's only the, the only Ramones. No, it's not the only Ramones. We will have another Ramones reference later. I mistake myself. Uh, but we also get WMA, which is tagged here, and that kind of goes into what you were talking about before with the government in, in Brazil and uh, the unfortunate situation that happened. Yeah, uh, I think that this was a definite callback, and we'll hear a little bit more about that in a couple more songs down, but talking about uh, the unfortunate death of the councilwoman and uh, I think referring directly to that. Yeah, again, just the, the crowd. Again, you're back to all 90s here until the end. So, the, again, after kind of sleeping by myself and inside job, two songs that they might not be as familiar with, then you you come right back with Daughter and you're you're right back in it just like you were in the beginning of the, of the night. Oh, yeah. And then before we even start talking about it, was this the moment that just before you got on the plane, when you bought the tickets, were you thinking to yourself, I'm going to Brazil and I'm going to hear the crowd sing do the evolution has yeah, to be the moment, I mean, right? It is. I think if you were to spell out like all the f- different rock bands that South America loves, I think if they had to vote on what is the South American international anthem do the evolution by Pearl Jam is it. Wow. That's such an honor. It's just unbelievable how they have completely owned this song. They own it. No one can take it away from them, ever.
way that it came about, it, it was so organic. It's not like Ed ever engaged with the crowd and was like, okay, whoa, whoa. He, he kind of did that when they went back after that, uh, I think, 2013 tour, and they really started doing that in the, on the Lightning Bolt tour. It was like, okay, let's sing whoa, whoa, whoa instead of singing the lyrics to the song. That's obviously a reaction from that, that little tour they did in, in 2013, but this is just the crowd and always has been the crowd taking over and happen, happening so organically and happening because their familiarity with the music was through the guitar melodies and this is a perfect one to do that with all stories that kind of meld in together to make do the evolution what it is is kind of fantastic and really takes a song that maybe you kind of take for granted a little bit because you kind of expect it to be in the set i think do the evolution might be the the second most song next to even flow that i've seen and it kind of sneaks up on you because you don't think that they would play it every single night but they actually do uh and there's a reason because crowds like this can elevate not much more else to say yeah you're absolutely right i mean we sometimes talk about how you know songs get associated with cities and things like that but this is one where a song is associated with a continent and and you you just picture like i said you picture them writing ed writing the set listen just writing this and then just smiling like yep that's going to be the one oh uh, you kind of felt that before the song started you kind of felt that ed was was sort of in the 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 ready position and he's done it where he's gone to the tip of the stage and looked out to the crowd and i think in one brazilian show or south american show he said that the it looked like there were sound waves looking at the crowd and, and he couldn't see faces he was able to see sound waves so yeah that that, that can't be replicated it just can't be, and uh, it, it, it's all organic, and it all just happens at, at such a beautiful time. Black follows up, and uh, earlier in the week when we were kind of prepping and, and going over for some stuff that we were going to do here, uh, you sent me a video of Black, uh, and I was so amazed with just, again, how the crowd is responding to this and responding by singing the full lyrics i think you sent me the uh, i know someday you'll have a beautiful life part and you see them all and they're all completely taking this and with with all of the emotion that anybody sings a song like that like it, it's it's like they had never seen or heard the song live before but they knew kind of like instinctively how to react to it uh i i, I man it's such a cool feeling to to see that and know that us in the states whenever we get black like that like that's our reaction to and you kind of you're kind of jealous a little bit because maybe you see black kind of like to do the evolution maybe you see black you know 12 times a tour and and maybe black isn't something that you're you're gunning for on your checklist but man versions of like this they just make you want to elevate your voice and just raised to the level of the crowd and uh i don't know if i was able to hear your voice in your video but damn um <laughs> what do you got to say about that I, I there's there's a lot to unpack specifically coming off of such a high trip of do the evolution and for you for them to do the evolution but then i think the loudest roar was the opening chords of black uh, when when they started up on this and I kind of took it all in 
I don't even know how much I was truly singing during this song because I took my phone out and I just wanted to see the raw emotion of everyone around me singing. And that's why I still get chills when I watch that video clip every time now because you can't replicate through the evolution energy, but you can't really replicate the emotion of black, uh, specifically this version is just extraordinary from beginning to end the only thing i didn't know was at the end was the tag at the end you're still in my heart and i didn't know if you you all knew what that tag was from i uh, it sounds like that's something that ed kind of has in his head and works on it and it's funny that you mentioned the tag because there's a show that happens in 2018 where he says home is where the heart is home is where i stay and those are the lyrics to uh to whoever said those would eventually evolve into those lyrics so i feel like i've heard him sing lyrics like that before maybe it's just like part of ed's poetry that's just in his head and he recites it when he needs to recite it kind of like how river mirror he does the i will forgive i won't forget yeah, like you, I think I actually went and Googled it and tried to find out if it was from another song, but I couldn't find anything. So yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just an improv, maybe something he had written down on the trip or something. Yeah, something he liked that he was working with. But there's a great We Belong Together in this, a great Mike solo, you know, again, broken record. But yeah, just a, a really special performance of Black. And like, you're again, you're you're getting this wave, like, you know, Do the Evolution is like, the best build, the, the the biggest wave, and then black is the only thing that could follow it to, to keep that emotion going. Yeah, fantastic. songs being written or, or Ed writing things you have to mention because there, this is the story about it but buckle up 
was actually written on this tour. Uh, Stone wrote it in the hotel room. I don't know before what show. I don't know if it was uh, during the rain out in Buenos Aires, but while they were on this tour, all we know is Buckle Up was written during this time. So I know there are a lot of people that are, are anti-Buckle Up, but this show is very pro. Oh, not here. So, absolutely. Yeah, very pro. It's great. Uh, okay, so Ed, again, speaking in Portuguese and calls his own Portuguese shit. And we've 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 heard we've heard him talk it's portuguese before but it feels like he he really has something to say in this part you kind of teed it up before so what exactly is going through his mind here yeah i think that i now we need to go back and to maybe uh whoever wrote a diary on this but i think he's specifically talking about protecting girls and women Mm -hmm. specifically back to what happened with the councilwoman in rio uh and it is a perfect tee up to the next song which like ed's portuguese kind of sounds like shit <laughs> unfortunately i i hate to like ah, i hate to 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 segue that because it's that's very important and poignant but like leaving here is not your 1996 or even 2003 leaving here it's and they'll even they mess around with it a little bit I, and you don't know whether it's gimmicky where they're they're just doing the nah, 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 like but <laughs> it's really it feels like they, they're just I, like i don't know it feels oh, like yeah. they're, they're ed, ed can't play the the intro to it he he just forgets or it's in the wrong something is he just he took him what four times three times to get it right but they get through it Right, and and it feels like in other versions they've kind of teased that kind of thing where they've kind of and I think I think it's on the recording where it kind of starts dun, 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 or one of the recorded versions of the song goes that way either the Who or the original, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, I I did not enjoy listening to this version of Leaving Here on the Boot. It doesn't have the same effect on me that 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 the original. Actually, miss the all the guitar breaks because now they do. Jeff gets the first three, and then they do a drum break. And I actually yeah. miss when they would do when everyone would get like a guitar break. That was kind of made it a little more fun because you would get to like Ed would try to keep up with what Mike and Stone were doing, and like right. that always was kind of a cool moment. And now we've kind of lost that. Yeah, I, I kind of like when everybody participated too. However. I don't know if this was purposeful, but one of those little bass lines sounded like Journey to the End of the East Bay, and I got very excited when I heard that. <laughs> I think that's got to be a coincidence. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I was listening to The Who a lot earlier growing up on Q104 and WNEW in New York before Pearl Jam, but I'd never heard this song. It's a, definitely a deep cut, and then the first time I heard this song... Uh, Ed dedicates it to his mother in the audience in San Diego, and I was standing right next to Deb McMurtry, and so we'll have to do a double host for the 2013 San Diego show at some point, because that's how we met, and then we both randomly become Live on Four Legs patrons without even telling each other, so pretty funny. I I I thought that she had sucked you in before. No. You, you became a patron on your own? I, th- I thought that you listened to her episode and then... No. It was like a couple oh. years ago and, and huh. I saw her following you on Twitter at the same and I'm like, you've heard, you've heard about this podcast? She's like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> 
Uh, I, that, I love it. That's that's all. That's that's my only reaction is that I, I just love that people are connecting uh, from something. If if that's all that 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 comes out of this podcast, uh, out of a hundred plus episodes that we've done, then, then I'm I'm proud of what we did. So I, I'm 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 glad we can connect people and and uh, make people happy like that. But uh, it doesn't mean that leaving here doesn't sound a little bit off. That blood kind of follows that momentum kind of a little a little sloppy. It, it just kind of loses it a little bit. Ed seems a little lost. Obviously, blood and leaving here aren't going to have the same touches that they used to. I'm not holding it to that standard, but with so much momentum that you had with Daughter Do the Evolution in Black, it feels like this is the one kind of downer moment in this set where it just goes awry just a little bit, but still fine. I don't know if the Chilean Malbec was getting to his head at this point, (laughs) but it was just, it was a little bit strange because it's just going up and down and you know, I know he shouts out the opening band Royal Blood, and that's the reason why I guess they were forced to play it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Royal Blood, actually, pretty cool band. Uh, I've I dug into a couple other things before the show, but they're they're definitely a band to check out. Cool. Yeah, I think it's I think you're right on target there. It's definitely a nod to the opening band, and yeah, it's one that you know 2018 Blood is is not going to have the fury of of 1995 or 1998 Blood, but yeah, I mean, Ed got goes real deep for the little spoken part. It was, it was almost sounded kind of creepy. Yeah, I don't know. There were there were parts in this where Ed was kind of like, "All right, do I really elevate my voice or do I not?" Like, I think it was during the second verse he kind of starts out and he doesn't scream it. They're like, "Oh no, this this part is the the screaming part." He was kind of going back and forth, uh, and you know, towards the end of the set, like it's, it's just kind of a party at this point anyway. So I think everybody really give them a pass. We're not breaking holes through the stage or anything like that. So, uh, you know, what, just getting blood and for a lot of people getting it as a song that they probably never heard before, especially down in South America, pretty good to get on your checklist, better man following up. And then we'll get into the bread and butter, which is very interesting. But I mentioned before the Ramones, uh, you do get another Ramones reference here. I want to be your boyfriend. I kind of forgot about that while mentioning Blitzkrieg Bob. Yeah. I, I love the little, I want to be your boyfriend thing. That's, uh, that's always really cool for me when I, when it comes up, cause they don't do it very often. So that, that I thought was the highlight. Oh baby, I thank you. Oh baby, I want you. bread and butter alive rocking in the free world yellow lead better and for live it's not an out of this world performance until we get a little special guest appearance from josh klinghoffer and he sound like you can tell when he takes over on guitar here because that screech that he has is like he's trying to put mccready to shame 
Yeah, I thought with Alive and Rockin' the Free World, I was like, whoa, Josh, okay, easy there, partner. Um, yeah. But uh, at this point in the show, after Chad Smith was shown out, I told Mackenzie, I'm like, holy shit, is Kiedis and Flea back there too? Are they just going to come out and do an encore at some point with them? Um, but yeah, that would have been ridiculous. And they would have played Freaky Styly into Dirty Frank. They would have, right, uh, right. Freaky Styly, Dirty Frank. <laughs> have to, you have to. Mm-hmm. That would have been absolutely wild. But Alive, what can I say? It was a lot of fun. They throw the lights on like Springsteen throws the lights on for uh, Born to Run. Um, and uh, everyone w- could see each other and everyone was singing and everyone knows. the. I feel like every Alive version now, if you've gone to, you know, at least five or six shows, they kind of are just flashbacks in your mind of every other Alive performance you've had and how much fun you've had at these shows. And Cameron Crowe did such a great job of doing the clips of of the band while playing the Philly live version at the end of PGA 20. And that's kind of what resonates with me every time I, I, I listen to this song now. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a similar idea. The, my, mine is that it prepares you for the end of the night and it's like one last time to really get into it, to really sing at the top of your lungs. And you kind of know that alive is your, is your tee up. Okay. Alive. And then we get one of the covers and then we, we close this out. If it's a big show, you're going to close out with Ledbetter. So yeah, I, 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 in a similar fashion, uh, yeah, you kind of do think back to the other moments that you've gotten song because it, it just, it means that much more after you've heard it so often, but uh, it's like to, to play another hit down there, it's always going to work. And especially getting Klinghoffer there, uh, it's a sign of things to come. Uh, apparently uh, he didn't show up Mike that much, or at least Mike was impressed with him enough. And the rest of the band impressed with him enough to get an opening slot when they were supposed to do the gigaton yeah. tour and more with Ed playing the, uh, the global citizens vaccination benefit with him. Uh, it seems like Klinghoffer is kind of a part of this universe now, which is interesting to see that this is the early stages of that. Yeah, and, he, and Mike's actually not playing on this. I think he actually he just hands the him over. the guitar, like as he comes mm-hmm. out and like I don't know if he, he's taking a picture. Or he comes out to do something, but yeah, Josh, like he's right in front of the drums and he's just in his own world. He's just lost, like going off, and everyone else in the band is kind of looking at him like, okay, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> cool do your thing dude like well, yeah absolutely and uh yeah he he he's great on a live he has a little trouble in rocking in the free world but he he ends up working it out and ends up being pretty good so yeah i thought it was i thought it was a nice change of pace i love the little go josh go josh go kind mm-hmm. of thing before he gets into the solo i thought that was great oh yeah i was just pretty impressed by at this point and ed you know he he can sometimes be such a superhuman with everything he does specifically with the amount of red wine consumed but just to knock in the to tee off this song with green yellow and blue for the brazilian flag yep and then as i mentioned the economy and everything was so bummed was was that they're having a tough time in brazil that gas prices were insane at the time so for him to hit the no fuel to burn no fuel to drive at the end of the, oh. at the verse was was great Wow. They're yeah. paying attention. Yeah. Always. And good good for them. Good on them that they know what situation, because not every band is going to do that 
to know what situation the crowd and uh, the people of the of the countries are going through. So, and I mean, they're on top of everything they always are. So, I mean, this is the end of your night. And I, how are you taking this in? Like thinking that this is my first Brazil show. This is my first show down here. This is part of my experience uh, traveling to a place I've never been before. Like what's going through your mind here and, and how are you feeling about this show in general? Uh, I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides the obvious things. <laughs> uh, just, you know, wanting more, even being able to be around that community and knowing that the world is, I hate, oh, it's a small world. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I think it's a big world that we all need to kind of explore, but that there are these communities that all come together for music. And music really is the reason why so many people find positivity in sometimes dark places. So, uh, I walked out of the out of the stadium after Ledbetter and just was thrilled and fortunate to be there and uh, was just like, oh my God, I guess I can't believe I get to go home and see these guys in five months at Safeco. Well put. I mean, uh, you're, you're right. Uh, music can take people from a dark place into the light. And uh, it, it's definitely special when you can see people from other cultures, how it has the same effect on them as it does on you. That's very, very cool. All right. I think uh, let's get into some moments here. I mean, there's no lack of them. So if we want to pick the whole show, we can pick the whole show. Uh, but I'm going to pick three. Why don't we go? Why don't I start first? I'll start first, and then we'll go John, and then we'll 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 uh, we'll finish yeah. off with Dukes because Dukes, that's those are the ones that are important. I'm gonna go for my three. I'm gonna go number three, and say Immortality. That version just again, hearing it outdoors, I feel like it's like tailor made for being in that environment, and it's absolutely perfect. I loved the build for McCready solo and how they just drove off of that. And the song ramped up at the end. Very, very, very good. I would have to say number two, you can't do a South American show and not put do the evolution on the list. And it's not just because it's do the evolutions because it's fucking fantastic. That's <laughs> straight up freaking great. Uh, and number one, I think, that the show really kicked into gear when go hit. Uh, that's to me like kind of a goosebump kind of moment because I've had go as an opener a couple times and you kind of, your eyes sort of light up when they hit those chords and immediately your reaction is to just get energized. And I felt the energy coming from this bootleg. So yeah, go is my number one moment. Uh, I'll say my number three is black. Um, we talked about it, a great McCready solo. I love it when he goes kind of off the script on We Belong Together and throws in some improv there. Really special. The crowd sing along, like like Duke said, like a huge, the big maybe the biggest crowd moment of the night when, when the intro to Black starts. So that was really cool. Uh, my number two is Immortality, echoing what Randy said. That intro, the, the little the soft intro is very good. Just a really nice surprise there after 
you know, three kind of hits. And my number one's the the beginning, release into low light. Uh, like I said, I don't think there's a better one-two opening than those two. I think that's really, really good and a special moment for this for this crowd, release into low light. Very good. So those are my three. And for those that didn't listen on headphones, at least originally. So my number three is actually Inside Job from a musical standpoint. The, that song, even if the crowd wasn't super into it, it, it hit me in a, in a good spot. And I just loved everything about how tight the band played the song, McCready's jam at the end. Uh, so that's my number three. Number two, piggybacking off of John Black. Uh, everything's been said about this uh, version. The, the intro to the outro and the improv was just perfect. It will be a memory I will always remember of everyone singing along to that song in perfect English. Uh, and my number one is the people of Brazil. Not to take anything away from any of the other South American fans out there, but there is something special about Brazil and their rock and roll fans. I think if you've been to one Pearl Jam show or a hundred Pearl Jam shows, the Brazilian flag is always there. It's like the Washington state flag at college game day. <laughs> and just everything about that country is, is so, so special. And there are so many people that were at that show that, you know, they look forward to these big acts coming there and they sometimes feel like they're looked over by these big acts until those big acts finally accept going down there. And when they do, they, there's just nothing but love. And I they hope never that want to leave. Right. Yeah. And everyone down there is so genuine and they have the biggest heart. And I really hope that they can get out of this COVID storm very, very soon and that they can somehow get some more peace in that country. Absolutely. Yeah. No. That's well said. And uh yeah, definitely thinking for of all of our friends in Brazil right now that are that are going through some really, really, really tough times. So uh all right, a rating for this show on a scale of one to ten, as we usually do. I'll go first, since uh I'm the one chattering right now, and I'm going to give this show a nine. And uh, I don't think that this is this could have been a 10 show. And I also don't think that there are any South American shows that have the potential to be less than nine. This was great. It's 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 always very good and it's always very entertaining. The reason why you kind of put a blocker between elevating this to a nine and a half is that just kind of the leaving here blood was a small misstep, but uh, didn't ruin the show. Of course not. Everything else was, was absolutely splendid. Interesting. That that's high. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go that high. I thought all the 90s stuff is very cool, but I thought it didn't have a lot of the big, like, heavy moments that a lot of shows have. I mean, we, we talked about a few, but I'm, I'm going to go with an 8 on this one. Dukes, you were there. This is the one that matters. It's very hard to silo Pearl Jam shows from the experiences that we've had with them. And it actually was a 7.5 for me. Uh, I thought that the, the the set list was great. I was kind of expecting more from that first encore, 
the crowd lifts it to a seven and to that 0.5 from being seven. But sorry, I'm a hard, I'm a hard grader and not everything can be well, a, an eight, nine or 10. So I, f- I, f- I just find it interesting that the, that the show you pick and everybody that usually picks a show to come and talk about picks one that is an obvious 10 and uh, you're sitting here and you're like, eh, seven and a half. And it only gets a half because the crowd was good. Like, I, I, I don't think we've ever really seen that with a guest before. Usually it's like either 10 all the way or nine and a half. Cause they don't want to get too, too fanboyish. but that's, I'm that's, a weird, I'm a weird guy, man. And I so- wasn't expecting it. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it at all, but Hey, look, that's totally cool. And, and you know, I, I have a little bit of a South American bias where I'm just so enamored with what they do down there and just the way that they react to the crowd. And maybe this isn't the best Brazilian show I I've heard, listened to, watched many of them. And uh, this is probably middle tier, but middle tier still is is a nine for me so um dukes thanks thanks for coming on this was great great this all these stories stories are fantastic my my pleasure guys and the thing that i didn't even bring up uh is that there was a yellow fever outbreak during this show too so there there's there's that whole other can of worms i didn't even bring in when we were just spraying deet all over ourselves um so, so yeah, uh, it was an incredible experience. It was my pleasure coming on here. You know my, how much I adore this community and this podcast. And, you know, this show is, uh, is definitely super special, unforgettable. So uh, thank you. Thank you guys. Anytime, man. And let's, before, uh, before we say goodbye, let's, let's kind of inform some of the, the fans of what, what you've created here, because uh, there's a brand new hockey team and look, I, hockey's not, not the favorite sport of the, of the big four, but it gets some love for me. It's always gotten love for me. I know a lot of other people that listen to the show, big, big hockey people that have season tickets to, to their teams and, and they love their teams, but there's a brand new hockey team in the NHL that's coming to Seattle this year, the Seattle Kraken. They're going to play at that climate pledge stadium and you're up there in Seattle. So, you decided to kind of start a campaign and I think this was one of my first interactions that I've ever had with you. And I thought that this was such a cool idea. What idea do you have that intertwines the band with the Seattle Kraken? Well, obviously we can expect as everyone listening, probably that Mike McCready will probably do a national anthem. Oh, the Seattle Kraken yeah. play. Uh, but uh, I was thinking even before the Kraken, when the Kraken was just an idea and it was just the Seattle hockey team, just listening to the end of Porch, I was like, wait, this is a perfect goal anthem. This is perfect. If Seattle ever gets a hockey team, this needs to be the song. And so I started a campaign and I'm actually trying to kick it off uh, if I have time with work and everything of make hashtag make Porch the goal song. And I think it would be perfect you can find it on Twitter at Make Porch the Goal Song. Uh, I don't have much followers, so definitely follow along, and I'll definitely send Randy and Live on Four Legs uh, the information to uh, hit up the community with. But uh, if you have been waiting for a cool goal song uh, from your team and you want to become a Kraken fan because no you're more bro him Eastern Conference fan or a or just need a 
you know, or, you, or your or your team Ops. left for another country. <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Thrashers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll d- I'll do you one better, Dukes. Um, at the end of this episode, what we'll do is we'll kind of we'll kind of do a little bit of a teaser. I'll put together this amalgamation of of what the goal song could sound like with the buzzer going off and and uh, and the song playing. And maybe somebody that's listening, if they're listening, maybe they can hear that and be like, "Oh, that works." Because we're gonna make it sound good. Thank you, John. Thank you, Randy and John. That sounds awesome. Hopefully, that helps helps your case, and uh, and we're we're definitely there to campaign right along with you. Because after ten years, you know the Supersonics leaving town, and and I know that that was super frustrating for a lot of people, including Jeff and the rest of them. Jeff, especially, that's a huge, huge Supersonic fan. Just knowing that they they got something out of that is is nice to see that they they've finally gotten a, a third team back. So, all right, Dukes, thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing this. Uh, Next week, we are going to be doing something crazy because we just keep elevating uh, the limits of what we can do. And uh, a couple months ago, we did kind of a double feature for people that listen to this episode normally and people that listen to this episode on Patreon. For the Piss Bottle Men shows, we did night one and released it on Patreon. We did night two and released it on our main feed, and we did it at the same damn time. For next week, how about Red Rocks? That's love it. a motherfucking monster right there. Night one, again, will be on Patreon, exclusive to our Patreon, the night one show of Red Rocks, and of course, night two. Night two is just, I mean, everybody talks about it, and it is one of the most revered Pearl Jam shows of all time. We're finally getting to it. I think it's been on the list for just about two years or so, so uh, very excited to get to this one. There's so much to talk about, and uh, I I mean... If I'm going to have a half hour on falling down alone. Seriously, and then No Jeremy and Chip Song, like, there's, there's just so much. There's so much to take in. So, look, if you're listening to this now and you're not excited for Red Rocks, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but get excited for Red Rocks because it's going to be freaking fantastic. Until we do that, we bid everybody adieu. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already and I miss you always. Hey, everybody out there that's listening, are you listening on Spotify? Are you listening on Apple, on SoundCloud? Well, what's great is listening to this podcast on those platforms. You can also subscribe and that helps us. That helps us get the visibility. If you comment, we'll also give you a shout out on the show. If you give us a little comment and let us know how we're doing, if you rate the show on Apple, that'll help us out too. Any visibility works here. All positivity. We love it. Subscribe, rate, comment, all of those things that make this community and our podcast go round. So thank you for everybody tuning in. Thank you for Dukes for pitching this and see you for Red Rocks. Let Lenny sing. Let Lenny sing. Forcing a turnover at the red line. Up the left side. Drops it in the slot. The captain scores!